Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 378, May 6, 2020. And Aquaside, which has been keeping your beach free of weeds since 1956, brings you these high and low temperature records. On this day in 2016, it was 92. And on this day in 1989, it was 25 degrees. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Boys, bear with me. I'm going to be on a roll today. You know, we've always said uh, for big stories, we need 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, a building explosion, God forbid. We, we need 72 hours. For 9-11, we probably needed a week. And I said yesterday for this coronavirus, we might need more than a year. But I'm, I'm two months in now, and I think I've got it figured out. Wow. I think, I think I've got Good. it figured out. I think right. what we're seeing, and I'm going to read you some interesting things. And we're going to go through some interesting cases. I think what we're seeing is something we've always talked about on GL, and it's taken me two months to put it together on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. We're seeing the ultimate example of man not being bigger than nature, but thinking he is. Nature doesn't give a bleep that we're locked down and don't let a barbershop open. This virus is going to run its course. Michael Osterholm believes 70% of Minnesotans will get infected. The numbers keep changing. The models keep changing. This is an example of nature is much superior to humans. It can do what it, we cannot control this virus any more than we can control the development of a hurricane. We cannot control this virus any more than we can control the eruption of a volcano under Yellowstone, which might happen tomorrow or might not happen for another million years. The point is, we're not capable of this. This is an example of nature acting out its will and has no regard for humans because nature is bigger than man. And for the last 50 years, we've seen a sea change in that thinking that somehow We're going to control nature, and we can't. So therefore, let me read you something from The Lancet, which has only been around since what, Kenny, 1823? Uh, Yep, 1823. Many. uh, uh, This is by John Gusecki. I have people in the know that have been sending me some really interesting things that is helping me uh, get a sharper point on my thinking. Many countries and members of their press media have marveled at Sweden's relaxed strategy in the face of the coronavirus disease. Uh, Schools and most workplaces have remained open, and police officers were not checking one's errands in the street. Severe critics have described it as Sweden sacrificing its elderly citizens to quickly reach herd immunity. The death toll has surpassed our three closest neighbors, Denmark, Norway, and Finland, but the mortality remains lower than in the UK, Spain, and Belgium. It has become clear that a hard lockdown does not protect old and frail people living in care homes, a population the lockdown was designed to protect. Neither does it decrease mortality from COVID-19, which is evident when comparing the UK's experience with that of other European countries. 
Testing and some straightforward assumptions indicate that as of April 29, 2020, more than a half million people in Stockholm County, Sweden, which is about 20 to 25 percent of the population, have been infected. Uh, Swedish Public Health Agency, that's according to the Swedish Public Health Agency. 98 to 99 percent of these people are probably unaware or uncertain of having had the infection. They either had symptoms that were severe, but not severe enough for them to go to a hospital and get tested, or no symptoms at all. Serology testing is now supporting these assumptions. These facts have led me to the following conclusions. Everyone will be exposed to severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus-19, and most people will become infected. COVID-19 is spreading like wildfire in all countries, but we do not see it. It almost always spreads from younger people with no or weak symptoms to other people who will also have mild symptoms. This is the real pandemic, but it goes on beneath the surface and is probably at its peak now in many European countries. There is very little we can do to prevent this spread. A lockdown might delay severe cases for a while, but once restrictions are eased, cases will reappear. I expect that when we count the number of deaths from COVID-19 in each country a year from now, the figures will be similar regardless of the measures taken. Measures to flatten the curve might have an effect, but a lockdown only pushes the severe cases into the future. It will not prevent them. Admittedly, countries have managed to slow down spread so as not to overburden healthcare systems. And yes, effective drugs that save lives might soon be developed. But this pandemic is swift, and those drugs have to be developed, tested, and marketed quickly. Much hope is put in vaccines, but they will take time. And with the unclear protective immunological response to infection, it is not certain that vaccines will be very effective. In summary, COVID-19 is a disease that is highly infectious and spreads rapidly through society. It is often quite symptomless and might pass unnoticed, but it also causes severe disease and even death in a proportion of the population. And our most important task is not to stop the spread, which is all but futile, but to concentrate on giving the unfortunate victims optimal care. And the author has as his final sentence, I declare no competing interests. There it is in a nutshell. This is, the lockdown isn't going to stop this. It's, it's actually rather pointless. <clears throat> and I don't disagree with you, but wasn't the entire point of the lockdown, the stay-at-home order, it wasn't to stop the spread. It was to ease the spread. Yep, and to give hospitals time. Right. We have. We've done that. With each passing day of, you know, I, I, I began my corona life as a great admirer of Andrew Cuomo, and I still am as a rational guy. He seems like a decent human being. But uh, with each passing day that I hear uh, Cuomo, uh, I keep developing a belief that he's got it completely backwards. There's no stopping what do you mean? this. How so? Because oh, right. he's a he's a big proponent of well, we got to open up slowly. We got to determine which business can. Oh. There's a great case in St. Paul. Uh, in yesterday morning's Pioneer Press, Fred Mello had a great piece about a barber who opened his shop on University Avenue. And we tried to reach out to him, but his barber shop, well, he's closed now because the cops came last night and shut him down. The guy's name is Milan Denny. And uh, he, he knew uh, it, by granting uh, access to a newspaper reporter, he knew that he was putting himself on the front line. But his, uh, his point was he had taken every possible precaution. He wears a mask. 
He uh, uh, sanitizes with the approval of his uh, board that licensed him. He sanitizes the combs. He does everything possible. He put a signboard out front yesterday and said, we're open, because he insists that he has to. He's running out of money. And that made a big splash in the Pioneer Press. And last night, the police came and and, and closed him up again. They said, you, you cannot do this. And that was all done civilly, and uh, apparently he will... He will adhere to that. In fact, according to the story, uh, he had said, I, can I at least finish up my last customer? And the cop mm-hmm. let him do it. Denny, who has plastered his walls with reminders to keep six feet between each patron, said he's not insensitive to those concerns. But there's also a human cost, he said, to blight and poverty, especially in low-income neighborhoods. The owner should be able to come in and do at least one client at a time, he said. That would pay our bills. At least the owner should be able to keep the business itself open. There's going to be a lot of abandoned buildings. Denny said he's running out of money and has reached his breaking point. Small emergency, uh, small business emergency loans through the federal paycheck protection program have been notoriously hard to come by during the pandemic. Uh, business businesses should know how to proceed with their business. Denny said, especially barbers. We went to school for this. I couldn't be more on the guy's side because. Keeping that barber shop closed in light of humans not being bigger than nature. What does it accomplish? What does it accomplish? It it makes him broke. Kills the makes business. him broke. Yep. It accomplishes nothing. Here's a story from Dallas. A Dallas salon owner will spend a week in jail after she was found in contempt of court Tuesday for violating an order to close her salon during the coronavirus pandemic. You're oh. kidding me. In addition, in addition, Shelley Luther was fined $7,000 for continuing to operate her business, Salon a la Mode, in violation of a judge's temporary restraining order issued against the business. Luther was taken into custody immediately after the hearing and booked into the Dallas County Jail. Like other businesses deemed non-essential, Luther's Far North Dallas Salon was forced to close March 22nd after the county enacted its stay-at-home order. She reopened the salon April 24th despite that order and tore up a cease-and-desist letter from County Judge Clay Jenkins. The temporary restraining order was signed April 28th by State District Judge Eric Moy, but Luther continued to operate the business. In a hearing broadcast live on YouTube on Tuesday, Luther said she had no choice. She said she hadn't earned income since the county stay-at-home order was set in March. She applied for one of the federal loans aimed at helping small businesses, but didn't receive it until Sunday, she testified. I couldn't feed my family, and my stylist couldn't feed their families. Luther testified, holding a phone to her face from the witness stand so the court reporter could hear her through her mask. Before issuing his ruling, Moy gave Luther an opportunity to apologize and promised not to open her salon until she was allowed to do so, saying he would consider leaving only a fine, levying only a fine in lieu of incarceration, which you've demonstrated you have so clearly earned. Luther, however, defended her actions to the very end. Feeding my kids is not selfish, she told Moy. If you think the law is more important than kids getting fed, then please go ahead with your decision, but I am not going to shut the salon. Minutes earlier, Governor Greg Abbott had announced during a news conference that barbershops and salons across Texas could reopen Friday. What are we doing? What we're doing is... What we're doing... What we're doing is we're seeing... Let me, let me, uh, I had this thought too. Let me say it in my composed manner. 
We've been on to it a long time in GL that that mankind has lost its relationship with nature. And one of the symptoms of losing our relationship with nature is the idea that we can control it, that we're in charge, that we're bigger than nature. All of those are falsehoods. Humans are not bigger than nature. The political class, to accommodate that sensibility, has come to believe that what is required of them by their constituents is protection and safety. So that governments have become these large nanny institutions in the belief that it is their role to prevent you from a serious illness. That is not their role. But in buying into the idea that the government, uh, that the government accepts this implausibility that man is bigger than nature, they have seen their role become transformed in the 50 years since the Hong Kong flu. In the 50 years since the Hong Kong flu, we have come to believe as a society, thus the climate change movement and what have you, we have come to believe as a society that we should suffer no risk from nature. That we should should brook no consequence. That's how spoiled and entitled we've become. Joe, you are right and Reavers is wrong, but you didn't need me to say that. He's Hmm. referring to a conversation yesterday, Chris. I I was listening yesterday to the explanation of the differences in available technology and response between the Hong Kong flu 52 years ago and today. But I think it comes down to this. Our bodies are the best defense in the fight against COVID-19, not technology. We should use the technology we have available to reduce fatality and rapid recovery. But if you think about it, technology in all of its glory has much more or less of an impact than our own immune systems. Hmm. Today, by the numbers, it looks like technology helps in the second or third decimal point for most people. I think we get confused when we see the articles about ventilators and therapeutics that might exist in the future. Inside sources, by the way, in the medical field who I trust implicitly tell me that it turns out ventilators are precisely the wrong medical tool for coronavirus. Hmm. Uh, the future is where we can land. Or the future is where we can laud the tech. But for now, we are in the same boat as 1968. Nature versus nature. Nature is trying to kill us. In our own nature, our bodies are the best defense we have today. Michael Sikora in New Richmond, Wisconsin. Okay, it's just like 1968. But and he's not wrong. I, I completely agree with the fact that it's our own, you know, uh, our own immune system that's going to defeat it. And whether you have a healthy one or not is going to ultimately d- decide whether you're going to survive. But I, I will still die on this hill saying, I'll take the medical technology personnel, whatever you want, in 2020 as opposed to 1968 every day of the week. I don't. Yeah, I don't uh, see how Chris I don't, was wrong about. I that. don't dispute that. I don't dispute that. I, 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 I get that. But we can't lose sight of the fact that it's nature versus nature. Yeah, that is true. That is 100% true. And, and I think, uh, I can't put words in Mike's mouth, Mike Osterholm, but I, I heard him today uh, say, and I'm going to paraphrase, uh, that he believes it's inevitable that as many as 70% of Minnesotans will get this. And he's stopping just short of saying we need to just open up and have the herd uh, mentality. But I, I think that's where bright minds are going to have to get. We can't. Here's the insidious part of the belief that mankind has become bigger than nature. We're willing to destroy the country for that end. Hmm. We're willing to destroy the country. We're willing to, yeah. we're willing to have a, a judicial system tell a woman she can't feed her family. 
We're willing to have cops show up at a barbershop on University Avenue where the guy has taken every sensible and reasonable precaution whatsoever to, to try to make a buck. We, we've reached that point where we're going to destroy the United States in order to protect ourselves from that which we cannot be protected from. While you were reading that piece, a thought occurred to me. Because I know a lot of states are reopening this weekend, next week, what have you, and limiting restrictions. Are we just better off, given the fact that it's it's summertime, or it's you know springtime right now? We can get outside, we can socially distance all we want during this time of the year. Is it better to just let her rip right now, as opposed to maintaining you know the self isolation? Because once fall and then winter hits, we got nowhere to go. Or let's let's look at it from a different perspective. What good? The numbers keep rising in the country and in Minnesota. Right. right? And, they, and by the way, they're going to continue to because with more testing, we're just going to get more positive results. Well, then explain to me what good has this lockdown been? What good are the numbers? If they're always going to change, what good are they? Well, they allowed the hospitals to get the necessary equipment. Uh, are we in agreement that the hospitals are now prepared? They must be. We're reopening elective surgeries. They're more prepared now than they were eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago, whatever it's been. Yes. Then, then I'm just phrasing your question in a, in a different way. You say, should we just let her rip? And I'm saying, I guess I'm answering you. You, you can figure out my answer for my question. What good have the lockdowns done? Okay. Well, this. What good have they done? To Except to get hospitals ready. Okay, we've done that. At the cost of what? Doctors and nurses losing their jobs. Question for you. This is a 100% turnaround from where you were three two weeks months ago. ago. Or, or even two months ago. Are you willing to offer a retraction and say, I was wrong? Absolutely. I am. I was wrong. I was wrong. And I don't, I, I'm, I'm not here to say that we're being led by people taking us down some dark road to a, uh, to a dystopian future. I'm saying if you analyze what we've talked about over the years in GL, you arrive at the logical conclusion that we have in our uh, political class, for example, if not our friends and neighbors, we have a society of people who have mistakenly come to the belief that we can control nature. And we can't. But I don't think we were okay, wrong. Because I think what you just said, allowing the hospitals to get equipped and have the necessary supplies ready, because we saw what happened in New York, I yep. think we had to do this initially. I really do. That's fine. And and. And Suits, you're talking ideology here. You come to this program very, very informed, and everything that we studied and knew about this disease led all of us here who run, you know, the show to reach the same conclusion that we need to shut things down. We, like Chris just said, we need to let the hospitals get ready. We can't overwhelm these hospitals. We don't want people dying in tents and parking lots. And, and we've we done did, that. and. A, we accomplished that. We've so accomplished I don't that. think, I don't think you should um, apologize or offer an, a, a retraction. I'm kind of surprised that you that you're willing to go that far. Well, what I was not taking into consideration was the was the scientific truism that we are not we cannot stop this virus. You cannot stop it. I, I someday, hopefully, there'll be a vaccine. 
uh, and and better uh, better uh, medications. But it's it's a force of nature that we can't see, and it's going to do whatever it wants to do. That wasn't factored into my thinking earlier on. But what was factored in was Michael, and we had him on early, early, early on. February 4th. Yeah, and he was saying, we're going to have to shut it down because this thing is going to overtake all of us. That was his advice. That was um, Fauci's advice. Then I've come to the realization that that hasn't stopped it and will not. It it, it right. bought us some time to get hospitals fit, and that's right. great. That's great. But I my my conclusion is when you look at it from from uh, how the how the American society looks at na- John Kerry. Remember John Kerry saying, "Geez, if we sure only do. spent a few more billion dollars, we could stop hurricanes." No, yeah. but that's that's yeah. where our mind that's where our mindset has gone. That's where our yeah. mindset has gone. Yeah. Uh, Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Hail you. Uh, I wanted to dovetail on Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey's poignant piece regarding keeping perspective. The other day, one of the national media outlets was comparing the deaths from COVID-19 to the Second World War, the Vietnam War, and the Korean War. As is their usual way, it was solely meant to instill greater fear into the masses of soundbite Americans that don't bother to use commonsensical GL reasoning when considering the so-called facts. As an economics major, I've had my share of statistics classes, and these comparisons are not apples-to-apples comparisons. Frankly, this is downright disingenuous and solely offered to instill continued fear and dread. On Monday, you discussed the 1968 Hong Kong flu, which killed 0.0004% of the United States population. The 1918 Spanish flu killed 0.006%. The Civil War killed 1.7% respectively. What is never mentioned by these media outlets is the fact that the population of the United States is now 330 million, which is far greater than those sample sizes, so you simply cannot make the comparisons. To make relevant comparisons to those percentages above using the current United States population, 150,000 deaths are required to match the death toll of the Hong Kong flu, 2,200,000 deaths to match the Spanish flu death toll, and 5,750,000 to match the Civil War's death toll. Finally, the most annoying comparison is the media's comparison of the Vietnam death toll toll to the current COVID-19 death total. After all, 536,100 brave men and women were sent to fight that lousy war, resulting in 58,200 unnecessary deaths. To make an apples-to-apples comparison using the current United States population, 31 million deaths will be required from COVID-19. Presently, the current United States death toll is 70,903, or 0.0002% of the United States population. Again, to all who have perished from COVID-19, my heart goes out to them and their loved ones. However, putting things in perspective tells me that even the Hong Kong flu still ranks higher per capita in United States deaths. As you noted on Monday's show, you barely remember that pandemic, and the country never shut down. I am sure you will agree that back in 1968, Americans were not bathed in the sensationalism of instant news and biased reporting, all with an agenda of fundamentally changing the very foundations and ideals of this country, never afraid and always pushing back Scott from Inver Grove, which I think is a great email and a great point. The fundamental change in America in the last 50 years is the belief 
and and the 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 welcoming of governments to expand whatever they need to do to keep us safe, which has become foghornable because it in many ways means keep us controlled. We're not going to be kept safe from this virus. You can't. It's nature. And summed up perfectly is 15 seconds of this. You know, we had eight storms uh, last year, which cost America well more than eight, eight than a billion dollars per storm. <laughs> Far cheaper to recognize what's coming and cure the problem ahead of time. Well, yeah, you get out in front of it. You, you cure it. Yeah. You give it a, a booster shot. But back to the time. That moron is, is <laughs> that idiot is saying exactly what I'm saying. Right. He actually believes that the government of all entities, just by spending some of your money, could somehow figure out a way to stop hurricanes. Like a big wall. Put a big wall up. Yep. What a moron. <laughs> but this I, all stems from, this all stems from today's revelation that i've had we're not bigger than nature this baby's going to sweep we're all going to get it it's just a matter of time we all get a cold don't we the coronavirus is a version of the common cold obviously far more hideous obviously terribly hideous yeah it's hideous but we all get the cold they come through it's nature but one other thing though that time has given us is the chance for research and the chance for uh, medical experts to try to find a cure or at least try to to try to find something to combat it and that is one other thing that time has allowed that's fine you 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 are a time proponent and i'm completely off my time component well i am too at this point because like you said it it has slowed it what's but it's it done? not going to stop it <laughs> okay what's that great remember that famous saying we've said it all our lives man we can put you know we can put man on the moon but we can't cure the common cold well, that's, right. that, that now has a suddenly new meaning for me. Of course we can put man on the moon. That's within our capability. That's entrepreneurship and invention and grabbing a piece of steel and bolting it to this piece of aluminum and figuring out the propulsion rates of an engine. We can't cure the common cold because that's nature. That's nature. And with this new view and with this change of heart, you do realize this is going to kill you, right, Such? When you, when you get it, this I is, is going to take I you out. I know, I know it's taking me out. Okay, then then you know what theory I'd have to live by? Well, geez, I'm just going to hide and hope I make it until a cure is found. And That's I, how I'd have to live. But I, I do think some people are taking that approach. Oh, and, of course they are. And the people with compromised immune systems and, the, and those that are elderly. Okay, another a tough question for you here, Joe. Kenny, are you going to stop going to your farm and having fun with your shooting and fishing and wrestling uh, and beating up muskrats? More important than that, Such, are you going back to corporate tomorrow? I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow, but I sh- because I it's worked out to really make really nifty golf dates doing it this way. Uh, <laughs> but I do I do think I should yes I do think I should go back. Nah, I, I, I kind of like having this place to myself. You, uh, you, you just stay right there. <laughs> if I stayed a- here, if I stayed here, Kenny, it, it would not be because I'm hiding. Uh, I have grown to appreciate this. This is a. Uh, I've got a great computer and a great printer, and I've got a great view out my window. And You're going to be able to live with yourself if you have the virus. You drag it into work. You give it to Reavers. Reavers brings it home. No, I'd feel Reavers- terrible. 
Yeah, I, I, feel yeah, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue living in paranoia and fear. Uh, I, I don't do a lot of shopping, and when I do, I glove up and put a mask on. Uh, I, I don't run into town. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not social anyway. But I, even less social now. But to continue the lockdown is to say, uh, I'm willing to see everything we've built over the last 300 years completely change before our very eyes, and I'm doing so in the belief that if I just hang on here and hide long enough, uh, uh, science will rescue me. Science will be able to dominate nature and come up with a vaccine. And I, I, uh, they might very well be, but we have no idea when that will be. Uh, we have no idea. Well, we do. We do have an idea. Uh, the country was unprepared medically with equipment and hospital routine to deal with the onset of this and the onslaught. So yeah. that needed that needed to be that that locking down to give hospitals times made sense. And not only hospitals but also nursing homes. Hasn't helped nursing homes. Well, no, but I mean at least at least it gave them additional time. But they're they're dying like flies. The I know poor they people. are. But it's just ridiculous. But they you know had this. Yeah, I'm just saying it also just allowed them to maybe have a couple of weeks to get their ducks in a row. Well, I'm going to I'm going to continue to challenge you on that. It hasn't accomplished anything. But we don't know that. Let, well, let's, every let's, day every day there's a new headline about how many people died in a nursing home. And they are the most compromised, but I guess what my point is, let's just say we hadn't done any lockdown restrictions what have you. I think the number that we have right now, what's right now I'm looking at it, it's 71,463 dead as of 12:20 p.m. on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I think that number would probably be double if we hadn't taken the measures we had. Well, I agree. Y- yeah. Yeah, you don't know if it'd be double, but uh, I guess we could all be in agreement that it certainly we'd be more. Oh, it would I, certainly I, be more. I guarantee it would be more. I want a lake home to escape to. I really do. Don't don't we all? <laughs> I want a lake home to escape. And when I get there, if there's a one weed, if I see one weed. I'm calling Aquaside. How come you weren't a lake kid? Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> and that was the beach we had as a kid was so used, weeds didn't stand a chance. Right, they got trampled to death. They were, there wasn't a weed within four miles. But you know, life has changed, and people don't use their cabins as much. And that's where Aquaside comes in. Now you you're away for a week, and the kids aren't tramping down the sand. Now you have Aquaside, and you return to a great weed-free and vegetation-free beach. Uh, you can call them; they'll tell you everything you need to know. You can help you identify what problem you think you have. One eight hundred three two eight ninety three fifty, or go to Aquaside.com. Those products are registered with the EPA and DNR. They're completely safe, and uh, Aquaside's been killing lake weeds for more than sixty years. And uh, it is, of course, the official weed removal company of Garage Logic and Garage Logic's centerpiece lake, Spoon Lake, Aquaside.com. Canopy cares as we go through these unprecedented times with COVID 19. At the Canopy Group, we remain open and 100% ready to service our existing clients and to discuss options for new clients. In an effort to keep everyone safe, we have eliminated face-to-face meetings. We have also set up many Canopy employees to work from home in order to generate greater spacing within our office settings. 
at the Canopy Group, we realize every penny matters. We have encouraged our clients who are feeling financially stressed to contact their mortgage companies, utility providers, auto loan payment centers, and see what payment deferral options they provide. Many do. We also encourage everyone to reach out to the Canopy Group and see if additional savings can be experienced with their home and auto insurance. If you have ever wondered if you are paying too much, now is a good time to find out. On behalf of the Canopy Group, we ask you to be safe during these times and contact the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Well, uh, the emails from Satisfied GLers regarding DKMags.com, they just keep rolling in. And please keep sending them, GLers. I love them. Generally, they say uh, the, the basically the same things. The allegations I've been making about DK Mags are, are true. Uh, fair prices, very helpful, fun, friendly help, and well-stocked. DK Mags, they're open for business Monday through Saturday, selling firearms, ammunition, and accessories like a pandemic is going on. However, they're respecting what's happening here. They are limiting the amount of customers in the store at one time. Everything in the building, of course, I've been saying this over and over, clean, wiped down, always sanitary. Everybody on the staff so far healthy and happy. And business, oh my goodness, business is booming. If you're locked down in your home right now or, you know, you're starting to venture out, check out the website first. That's what I always do with DKMags.com. Find out what they've got, what's in stock, what I need to order. And then get down there. DK Mags uh, located on Old 8 up in New Brighton. And if you're in law enforcement or you're one of our veterans, uh, congratulations, because you get another 5% discount on most items, including firearms. And while you're thinking about DK Mags, keep in mind there's also another location, Monticello Pawn and Gun. We're very proud to call them GL Families, DKMags.com. Okay, Such, let's try to continue what we were just talking about off the air. And it started with me saying to Chris, Chris, you and I are going to get hammered in the emails tonight. I don't know why. We dare, we dare question Sushere. And Joe, you said I'm going to get hammered because uh, I finally came around. And plus, I don't care if you question me. That's fine. Let well, me repeat well, that's something. That's our job. Yeah, right, that, that, right. that's our job. Yeah. Let, yeah. Let, let me make this perfectly clear to the euphorians who love to listen to the show. They just can't admit it to their friends. <laughs> let me make this perfectly, perfectly straight. My, my awakening has nothing to do with my, uh, has nothing to do with me cavalierly not caring if people die. I, I I would risk I'm in a group where I would risk losing family and friends. Uh, I I in no way am stating today what I'm saying because I have uh, no respect for life. What I'm saying is that we have got to get a handle on the fact that we we are we are believing that we can control nature. We need a completely different paradigm. We need a completely different way of thinking. You, Short of putting 330 million people in a sterilized underground bunker and waiting for this virus to somehow leave Earth, you can't stop it. You cannot stop it any more than you can stop a blizzard or a hurricane or a tornado. You can't stop it. That's my, that's my only belief. We're going to talk to Bobby yeah, Mullen, aren't we? 
Yeah, let me go ahead, Kenny. Let me go ahead, Kenny. No, I agree with that. You're absolutely right. This is nature, and nature will not be stopped. So we have accommodated uh, Governor Walls, uh, and we've done so, I think, with great patience and and great behavior, uh, with great civility. And uh, it's becoming wearisome to realize he, along with virtually everyone in the political class, doesn't get it. They're clinging to the belief that by virtue of being elected to a higher office, they have some means to affect nature. They can't do it. Do you think they're interested in controlling us? The, the, no, I'm you know, just uh, no. Go ahead. Uh, no, I I don't I don't think poorly of of, of uh, Governor Walls. I, I don't think poorly of him. I think he is a mechanism in a political machine that predisposes governors, mayors, senators, congressmen to to behave the way they are because they believe they have some responsibility for safety. You know, you're a little wound up, so I'm going to calm, really. calm you down. Let's talk God, to that Bobby that was well Miller. said, Such. That was good. Thanks, Kenny. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. Hey, how are you? Are you on the right phone this time, Bobby, or are you going to have to break up about five times? <laughs> I think I am. I'm on. A, I'm on a landline this time. Would you describe for us what life is like in a small business that is not allowed to be open? <laughs> well, I think you're you're probably pretty aware. It's it's incredibly frustrating. I mean, um, it's tough to be in the losers group of the picked winners and losers. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, you know, I, I look at all the things being done out there and all the activities people doing, and I and I look at that and say, well, I've I have much safer procedures right now than than ninety percent of those places out there. Uh, Bobby, I got a note from a guy who frequently writes, John Fram, and he notes that jewelry is made of fine metal, which is in and of itself antiviral. Is that true? Well, some of it is, and it does it does better than others. But um, you know, they can exist, as I understand it. Viruses can exist on anything. Um, yeah. Maybe not copper, or maybe less less on copper, but. Um, so the, the other fact of the matter is that, um, there's, you know, organic matter. There's, there's, you know, we wear and use these things every day. So, so there's bits of us in and on them, no matter how minute. Uh, what are your current plans? You just have to obey the restrictions until the latest date, which is May 18th, which for all we know will become a rolling number to June 10th. (laughs) Yeah, I wish you wouldn't say that, but yeah, I mean, you know, listen, we're, 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 we're doing what we need to do. We're, we're obeying, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word. We're following the, the recommendations. Um, you know, our show floor is closed. We also do manufacturing, so I brought those people back. Um, I have the sales staff working in um, alternating shifts so that they don't uh, duplicate. So if, if someone does present, that, um, you know, we can still operate. Um, but beyond that, boy, you know, we're cleaning, sanitizing everything every day. Um, I have sneeze guards set up. I'm fully ready to go, but what I can do right now is I'm doing, you know, virtual appointments on Zoom and, and, and Facebook and live and, um, and FaceTime, uh, and we're doing curbside delivery and pickup along with just flat-out delivery or pickup. I mean, if great. you need it, we'll come to your house. So. You're great, great. So you're doing what you got to do to stay alive. We're, that's exactly what we're doing. Yep. Yeah. You think RF Moeller Jeweler, I, it's a tough question. It's been a... It's your friends of mine. The, the business been around what close to sixty five years now. Are you going to survive this? Yeah, 
No doubt okay. about it. We're Good. we're very Good. nimble. Um, we got a great staff. I got really dedicated people, um, and fortunately, um, you know, financially, we we we've got a very um, secure business. It's going to be difficult. There are things we're going to have to do that we don't want to do, um, but one hundred percent for sure, we're we're gonna we're gonna come out on top, and in the end, we'll be stronger. Best of luck to you, son. Wait Thank a second. I, I have a question for Bobby Such. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, did you uh, hear about the barber in St. Paul that threw open the doors uh, yesterday? Uh, I did not hear, but I have heard such stories. Yeah, I'm wondering what you think about that and if you're at all tempted. <laughs> well, most certainly I'm tempted. I'm tempted. Uh, you know, it, it's frustrating, again, knowing all the things I have in place already when we're not even, you know, open yeah. to the public yet. Um, and, and I get it. People are losing their livelihoods and, and they're desperate. Um, so I completely understand it. Um, do I want to do it? Yeah. But then again, the rational me takes over and I think I need to protect the employees. I need to protect the, the, the customers coming in both physically and psychologically. Um, and I need to plan for, you know, the long run, not just the next week or 10 days or one month. Right. Right. Well said. Well right. said. All right, Bobby, we'll be in touch. All right, guys, thank you. Uh, I was quoting from an email from uh, John Fram, who said, listening to the May 4 program and thinking about your comments about Moeller's Jewelry Store, the prescribed actions of washing and sanitizing the store jewelry isn't reasonable or scientific, although Bobby contends that it is. Jewelry is made of fine metal, which in and of itself is antiviral. This draconian measure also shows the inherent bias of the governing left against small businesses and favoring the big box retailers. Target, Walmart, et al. are not required to wash all of the food, clothing, bath towels, and such to sell, and yet they tell Moeller to sanitize jewelry in a case. Uh, that's utterly irrational and simply a tactic to shutter small businesses. But I, I can't get there. I don't think Tim yeah. Walls wants to put Moeller out of business. No, no, I can't get there I don't there think either. he wants to. I, no, no. Uh, but he does make a very good point, Why, and you know we've been hammering on it daily, um, and even, even Royce brought it up. Why can I buy pants at Target? I can't buy them at Jaime's. You know, come on, get with it here. It's ridiculous. Uh, uh, John uh, writes, this isn't a debate on the economy versus safety or caution versus money. Economy versus life is a false dichotomy. Jobs in the economy are our livelihood. We are uh, heading into food shortages, massive unemployment, destruction of retirements, hospital layoffs and closures, destruction of schools and a mass surveillance society. But America was founded as a democratic republic, not a technocracy of experts who manage and brand the cattle. We need to Damn. wake up. We need to wake up. If we don't win this by now, by, uh, by protests, legal challenges in the courts and by voting, we are looking at the loss of not only America, but Western civilization. The technocrats want to abolish not only America, but national sovereignties everywhere. Bird flu coming. Remember how overblown that was. Longtime GL yeah. listener, John Fram in Wisconsin. Uh, 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 if today I've come to the, to the awakening that we're not bigger than nature, I have yet to come to the awakening that this is a dire political plot. Uh, uh, you can't I, get there. You can't go there, can you? No. For me, what this is is more of an example, and I'm not saying this to ridicule uh, the likes of Walls. Again, I have no bone to pick with Tim Walls. This, to me, is more an example of childishness, that these, so. that these adult children have bought into this idea 
that we are to suffer no bumps in the road. And I'm here to help you. I'm from the government. I'm going to make your life safe. That's childish thinking. And not to mention, and we, we mentioned this yesterday, but also the fact that not one of those people, like, like Walls and other people that work for the government, they haven't lost a paycheck yet. None of them are laid off. No. And they None would have a completely are... different mindset and a completely different way of thinking had they missed a paycheck. I, I wonder how the American people would react uh, if a political figure of stature, let's say Andrew Cuomo, let's say on day one of his realization that New York was really in trouble, was really a hot spot. I wonder how the American public or New Yorkers would have reacted if he gave the, the, the remarks that I've been giving today. If he, if he said something along the lines of America, we're in for a tough one here. Uh, this could be very reminiscent of the 1968 Hong Kong flu. It's nature versus nature. We can't win when it comes to nature. So we're going to take every precaution we can, and we're going to try to be safe. But uh, I can't close every bodega in town because that really isn't going to accomplish anything. I wonder how America would have reacted. Oh, there would have been huge—everyone would have went crazy. Well, then, that, that, if, if that's true, and I, I unfortunately believe you're probably correct— then that helps rest my case. In 50 years since the Hong Kong flu, we have become a different people. We have become a people who are in denial of the power of nature well, beca- and, and I, believe it can be manipulated. And I guess it I, can't. I say that, Joe, because remember how we all reacted. Yeah, I know. Uh, Jordy notes, combined, New York and New Jersey are 9%. This is from the New York Times. Combined, New York and New Jersey are 9% of the U.S. population. Wow. They have 42% of confirmed coronavirus cases and 53% of coronavirus deaths, which means, uh, to Jordy's way of thinking, why in the hell should the rest of America be playing by New York's rules? Well, it's Kenny's theory about there should be a different set of rules for Hennepin County and Ramsey County as opposed to Douglas County. Which, which right. I don't want to get myself into a contradictory situation. Uh, you, can, you can create all the rules you want or take away all the rules you want. I guess my awakening is you're not accomplishing anything. In the beginning, you accomplished hospital readiness. Let's, for the sake of argument, say that America now has its act together in the hospitals. Every, every nurse and doc has the right mask. They've all got scrubs. They've all got gloves. They've all got the equipment. Let's say that's all ready to go all across America. Okay, there's nothing more we can do. That would be my awakening. There's nothing more you can do. As an aside, I just brought up the uh, Times Square webcam, uh, and I just counted 18 people. She's deserted. <laughs> well, we, we, nobody wants to die from this. And apparently, most people won't. Again, I am not suggesting a cavalier attitude towards the preciousness of life. I've got too many people around me who would kill me if they got sick and died. It would just, it would, it would kill me. Right. Literally, it yeah. would kill me. Right. Right. And, and, but no, what I'm seeing is we need to, we got to throw in the failed academy here has gone a long way into creating this situation. We need to be reminded that nature is a force that we are subjects of. We are not the masters. 
We can't control this. So again, uh, you know, uh, Aiken County can come up with its own set of rules, and Barron County, Wisconsin, can come up with a different set of rules, and Chicago can have a different set. Of, doesn't make any difference. It won't make any difference. Hmm. Uh, you want to go to the phone line, sir? Yes, I do. What's up, bro? I guess we're going heavy today, huh? <laughs> Hi, Broski. <laughs> no, actually, Matthew, it's uh, it's been a giant turn today. Yeah. And th- this is the best I've felt during a GL program since February. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, is it because you yeah, finally took a shower? Is that why? I did take a shower <laughs> after today's program. Matthew, I have to congratulate you, man. You Of all the video I've seen of the flyovers, yours, sir, is the best. That was a damn good video, man. Uh, thanks. McLaren's got even better video. We both we went down next to the Capitol, and we were in some parking lot, social distancing. There was a whole bunch of people, and people were doing a pretty good job of keeping their distance. And then you're looking, I had the compass out northeast to southwest, and I'm thinking, where are they coming? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you see just a couple little dots on the horizon. Ooh. And I was so glad because I thought, I'm going to blow, the, I'm going to pull a suit and be looking at a hubcap or yeah. something, a squirrel running around. <laughs> and, uh, and I hit play, and the thing, they just came right over me, and then I got a little bit ahead of them. But, you know, I'm just sitting there and I'm recording it, and the lump in my throat just going, solid i don't know those guys i don't know you know it's just but it just made how, me how long feel, did you feel, wait how long were you down there before they flew over we pulled in at about ten fifty, and some change and then they came by pretty much on schedule at 11 1102 we're talking about a national guard flyover today in honor of the state's health care workers yeah two and fighter jets were, yeah, there were two separate flyovers, by the way, uh, and, and yours was the coolest because it had the C-130, the Hercules, accompanied by the two F-16s, and Such and I were talking before the show how difficult it must be to make those F-16s go that slow. Look, <laughs> like just trying to stay in the air, what? It was, yeah. the two, it was the two jets and the Hercules that banked pretty much over where I live. I saw them. Oh, that's I was, cool. I was downstairs, and I heard it, and I ran outside as fast as I could and got a pretty good glimpse, but they are already heading out. To, they were heading northwest at that point. It was neat because here's what a lot of people did this. They they went over on the first one. We got yep. over here. Uh, what? South St. Paul Airport is very active right now. Huh. Um, oh. a Fleming Field, but they had the first flyover, and then a whole bunch of people got in their cars, myself included, and then people were staying there and pointing. So I stopped and got out of the car in the middle of the parking lot and then saw the second flyover, which was not as close to uh, where I was in the first one. Because I think oh. that was the one that was going to go over St. Joe's. So there were two oh. separate downtown flyovers. With, just... with, with the Hercules? Yes. With oh. all, those, the, all three aircraft. Matt, I, I, waited, uh, I waited 20 minutes on my front step. And uh, it was over in six seconds <laughs> because I just had two F-16s and uh, they were balls to the walls, man. It was awesome, awesome. I was just thinking, how cool would it be to be flying those planes? You don't ever see an F-16 that close up. You see the no. C-130s, you know, going up from the airport, and you know, look up and you go, that's cool, and they usually yeah. fly in pairs. But yep. an F-16, to see it there, it's just, it was moving. I, I mean, it was silly to be over 
come with emotions, but the whole everything wrapped up into one was uh, was just something we needed. I uh, want to make f- for the record. I, I completely forgot about it, and I was downstairs grabbing lunch. So uh, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> you I gotta, pulled a sushi. Yeah, I got a BLT salad. I've got Ooh. great advice for anybody who's once we get back to normal here and you want to go on vacation out to the East Coast, book a couple of nights at Virginia Beach. Uh, because it's right next to uh, the Air Force Base there, and oh, you can cool. land. You you can literally lay on the beach, and these c- things come over you with the wheels down. It's really <laughs> awesome. I would love yeah. that. Rook, yeah, what's yeah. your favorite uh, Joe Miss This story in your long and tenured history on Garage Logic? But wasn't that the one where it was the um, international? Was it the International Space Station? Yeah, I think so. I practically had my name out. on it. I didn't see it. Yeah, oh. it was out. But you were outside. You yep. had already planned yep. on doing it. And it was all set up. You got distracted. No. No. It was a car park or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I, I, oh, no, no, it's coming back to me now. It was a car in the Hubbard parking lot. It was like a 57 Chev or something. And as that yeah. thing went over, I, I'm on the ground looking at the taillights of this Chevy. You're right. Cause you, said, you said, I'm going out you guys, there and I'm going to watch it. Do you, and then, do you remember when Target Field opened? Oh, yeah. We were all standing there and it was jam-packed. Yeah. And we were waiting for the flyover. Suge is looking at his phone when they go over the top No, of I us. saw him. I got somebody nudge me in the ribs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then my favorite, my favorite Suge missed it story, we were walking back to the bus after doing a broadcast at the State Fair and Suge is looking at a motorcycle and one car over, a lady actually takes takes her shirt off. Ah. She's not wearing a bra, puts on a different <laughs> shirt, and Such missed the whole thing because he's looking at a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, the sad truth is a motorcycle was probably a hell of a lot more interesting. Well, I- I'll dispute that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got lower standards, don't you? Yeah, yeah I do. All right, Rook, thank you for that check-in. I'm glad you saw it. Yeah, the beauty of it today was, again, like a Target field flyover. Yeah. They just go swoop and you see them. This one, they were coming right at us and we were ready. So that's why it was yeah. so neat. And I, I just got lucky. A blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while with that video. That's, that's, that's true. That excellent video on Twitter. We'll see you on Friday. All right. Sounds like a plan. All There's right. Thank one. you. Yeah. You hear that, baby? Well, you're looking at a Cessna or something. No, that is the uh, Fleming Field has the uh, commemorative uh, airport for yep. the. That's one of the old Air Force planes. Oh, it's okay. super loud. Oh, it's really right. cool. 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 The commemorative Air Force wing. All right, I'll let you go. All See right, you thank Friday, you. Guys. See you. Uh, say, even I can do the math on this at Countryside. Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo and Fiat. It's in Maplewood on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. Great family dealership. Zero percent for 72 months on all new 2019 and 2020 VWs with a deferred payment of 120 days. This applies even to the brand new 2020 Atlas Cross Sport by Volkswagen. Are you kidding me? 0% for 72 months on all new 2019 and 2020 VWs, and you don't pay anything for four months. That's a heck of a deal, brah. And it's it's even better because they're doing personal sales now. The the, the uh, it's by appointment, so you got to give them a call. You go out there and you 
you kick the tires on the Volkswagen or Alfa Romeo or Fiat, you pick out and you get your own demonstration, go for your own test drive. Everything's been sanitized, cleaned, and disinfected. Call Countryside at 651-243-4316. First, they'll go to the websites for the inventory and pick out what you're most interested in. Uh, Schmelz, S-C-H-M-E-L-Z, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Then call 651-243-4316. I was there there Monday. Great inventory, and right now 0% interest for 72 months on all new 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens. Fantastic. Garage Logic will be back. Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra no-touch social distance customer service. You're going to come in and we're going to say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not going to touch you. You're not going to touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is going to be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now. Come on in, social distance customer service, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Souchere. Uh, Charles writes, I saw this on a machine in my gym in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. We have listeners in Vietnam. Wow. And I thought wow. you'd get a kick out of it, and he sent the picture. It just says on the, on the exercise machine, perfect health. <laughs> Perfect health. Perfect health. <laughs> Let's visit Rice Lake, Wisconsin. Wisconsin Republican leaders say the state's safer at home order in response to COVID 19 goes too far. The order in place until May. T- uh, let me make a note to remind myself to have an addendum to what I've been saying today. Okay. All right. Uh, note. That'll remind me. All right. Wisconsin Republican leaders say the state safer at home order in response to COVID-19 goes too far. The order in place until May 26 closes most non-essential businesses in the state. They've taken it to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which which heard oral arguments Tuesday. I'm going to get to that next. Some critics say order or not, businesses are opening up, which creates a dilemma for law enforcement. Many of the businesses on Main Street in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, are still closed, but under a resolution passed by the city last week, they could open if they take precautions. On Wednesday, Dan Schwab will open his fitness center for the first time in two months. Uh, And it says, we'll keep the numbers restricted, and I think it will just be a win-win for everybody, said Schwab. Schwab is also a member of the Rice Lake City Council. It gets complicated because we're not telling people to ignore the safer at home from the governor, he said. What it allows is the local police department to use some discretion in their judgment on businesses on how they're operating and if they should remain open or not. Local law enforcement say that discretion isn't really up to them. While the resolution was being discussed at a local council meeting last week, the Rice Lake police chief said his officers will have to enforce safer at home orders, but recognizes the rules are vague. Uh, Barron County Sheriff, our buddy Chris Fitzgerald, was clear. Law enforcement has to abide by the order and enforce it at the governor's wishes, said Fitzgerald. That was one reason why Councilmember Todd Larson says he voted against the resolution. We should be, as older people, 
uh, alder, uh, set aside our personal interests and look at what's best for the citizens of Rice Lake, said Larson. Others in favor, like Councilmember Dan Lawler, said while opening is a risk for businesses, some will have to take it just to stay afloat. I'm sure we'll have to find a middle ground somewhere, said Lawler. Well, of course you're going to have to find a middle ground. But this is going to start happening now. Uh, economic desperation. Hello? Yep. I'm here. E- economic desperation will force people to open their businesses. Whether that results in civil disobedience confrontations, I don't know. I would bet in a place like Rice Lake, where everybody knows everybody, they're going to figure out a way to handle it. But as economic desperation sets in, they'll open their businesses, just like the barber in St. Paul tried to, just like the woman in Dallas tried to open her salon. Even if, even if there's no acknowledgement or understanding or remembering or being reminded of the fact that we're not bigger than nature, these businesses have to open. Now, in, in New York, I'm sorry, in Wisconsin, Conservative justices who control the Wisconsin Supreme Court raised doubts yesterday about whether Democratic Governor Tony Evers' stay-at-home order is legal, asserting that the legislature never intended to give the executive branch so much power. Justice Rebecca Bradley suggested during oral arguments over the order that State Department of Health Services Secretary Andrea Palm's decision to extend the mandate without legislative input amounts to tyranny. She also questioned whether Palm might next herd people into social distancing camps akin to World War II Japanese internet camps. I'm sorry, internment camps. I can't get that far. But those are some strong words from a Supreme Court justice in Wisconsin. There is a constitutional problem with the legislature giving away this much power to an unelected cabinet secretary. Bradley said. I I couldn't agree more. The people never consented to a single individual having that much power. Evers issued an order in March requiring people to stay in their homes and avoid non-essential travel to curb the spread of the virus. The order also required schools and non-essential businesses to close and ban public gatherings. Palm, a member of Evers' cabinet, unilaterally extended the order until May 26 at the governor's direction. Republican legislators filed a lawsuit directly with the Supreme Court arguing Palm overstepped her authority. They contend the order is really an administrative rule and as such is subject to legislative approval. They've asked the court to issue an injunction blocking the rule, but stay in position for six days to give the DHS time to properly promulgate an emergency administrative rule. The administration's attorneys have countered that the state law clearly gives the DHS broad authority over a co- uh, to combat communicable diseases. They face an uphill fight. Conservatives hold a 5-2 to two majority on the court. Uh, and it goes on to say that uh, uh, people can go to prison for leaving their homes unless it's okay with the DHS secretary, Bradley said, during the exchange with DHS attorney, Assistant Attorney General Colin Roth. Under your interpretation of the statute, she can do whatever she wants. She can order people to go to jail if they don't comply. The secretary could step in and do this every flu season. Well, that's right, especially with the... Uh, the belief that the political class uh, is has got the ball now, and they're running downfield with it because they believe it's their job to keep you safe. You uh, mentioned the um, the part about the hostility, anger, and it could violence. It's already been happening, by the way. I was going to wait till yep. you were done. You yep. saw the story out of Flint, Michigan, right? 
not not the most recent one, apparently. Uh, there was a secure. I have it right here. <clears throat> a security guard at a family dollar. Oh, I, uh, yes, I did see this. Uh, but go, it, ahead, go uh, ahead. At a family dollar store in Michigan, asked a woman to put on a state mandated mask before she could come in. She spit in his face. Then came back later with her father and shot him in the head, killing him on the spot. Oh my God! Yep, it's oh. already it's already happening. And there was a video oh. uh, this Jeez. morning, I believe it was in Atlanta, oh. of a security guard, uh, and there was an altercation with, I believe, five people that were not wearing masks, and they beat up the security guard in the parking lot of the mall. I mean, it, this oh. is already going on right oh. now. So. And this doesn't even have anything to do with opening or closing. These are incidents of violence at places that are open. That are open, but that. Are, but I believe it. They all stem from these places are requiring you to wear masks, and people just don't want to comply with that. Well, if you don't want to wear a mask, then don't go to the store. It's it's very easy, people. Yeah, Sorry. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I guess uh, when I go into a store, uh, I wear a mask. I do too. Now, how does that square with my awakening today? I, I guess I would answer it thusly. I'm not in search of getting the illness. Yeah, you're trying to avoid it. I, I'm just aware that if I get it, it's, it was because it was inevitable that I get it. If I can, if a mask would prevent me some, for somehow miraculously from getting it a mask is pretty cheap insurance well that yeah and, and if that's going to prevent one person from getting it if i wear my my twins mask then i'm going to wear it i don't care mm-hmm. i also like to wear a helmet when i ride my motorcycle yep it's mm-hmm. my prerogative mm-hmm. and i'll you know i'll do what i damn well f- please when it comes to helmets and masks and rubber gloves etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't do the gloves they're just too damn hard to get on Kenny, are we getting a tornado warning in Minneapolis? Oh, it's 1 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Wow. First Wednesday of the month. <laughs> Got to check out the cobwebs and them sirens. Oh, yep. The best is when you get the family dog that starts howling back at the siren. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I wish there was a way to... to uh, I wish there was a way to open up without people becoming angry because they're... I wish there was a way for people to understand that there's nothing we can do about this. And I nothing. think we're all in agreement, too, that, that there's obviously two camps right now. The ones that want to open everything up and the ones that still want to remain sheltering in place, staying at and home. A, and the people that are yeah, and the people that are that are wanting, I think, to fully keep staying at home are the ones that haven't lost a paycheck. I think that's a fair assessment. Well, I heard a person today say, I, I want to stay... Uh, as, as sheltered as possible uh, until some means is developed uh, to protect me from this, whether it's a vaccine or the right, right medication. But that person has a comfortable life. Uh, that person has some money. Yep. Uh, that person is not hurting for anything. That person doesn't have a, well, actually that person has a business that's been affected, but not, not nearly with the impact of a business uh, affected where somebody's whole entire family is in peril because they can't right. buy food. <laughs> I'm right. laughing at the siren. Re- Me too. What the hell? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, what was I going to say now? Um, Losing money, two camps. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah, these two camps, and it doesn't make 
make it, as a matter of fact, it makes it a lot worse that the media is focusing so much on these meatheads that are carrying around the rebel flag. So that is that in our mind's eye, that's what we're being paid. That's what they're painting, yeah. painting us as, yep. you know, these crazy far right nut jobs that carry around the stupid rebel flag. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not going over to Sushi's uh, Joe's house and, and talking to him who's thought it out and has been uh, obsessed with it since February. No, they're not going to talk to him. They're going to go look at some meatheads with a rebel flag. Drives me crazy. A lot of people want me to go down the road of uh, th- this is a, a reformation of, of the country, uh, Clovid Piven philosophies, and uh, this is the way that uh, the Mysterians have figured out the way to take over things. And I, uh, I'm, I'm nowhere near that point. Here's where I am, though. Uh, and I referred to it earlier. Uh, I think, unfortunately, that this is the result of childish adult children behavior that that fright alone has has paralyzed the country. Just the fear of just the fear of getting sick has paralyzed the country. and And then that's compounded by the incorrect belief that a governor who keeps declaring executive orders can do something about it. he He can't. He can't. Right. He can't. Uh, Matura out in Bozeman, Scott. Mm-hmm. He says, if you follow through with the GL flag, there will be one flying in Bozeman, I promise you. Oh, we got to get flags, no. boys. Uh, okay. Reavers and I talked about this yesterday off yeah. the air. Uh, and uh, I think we've got some people in the building on our side that might be able to help and us. And not out. to mention, I got an email. Oh, shoot. Where is it? I got an email from a guy who can do this for us. Uh, here well, we go. he ain't going to do it for free. Well, no, but uh, uh, his name is Kevin. Uh, hey, Chris, listening to the show today and heard the part about needing flags. I provide flags and signs to a number of clients. I've attached a couple of the latest projects. I love the flag idea, uh, but I think there would be... Any, signs. Anyway. Signs. <laughs> you need it now? I'll get you a sign. I'll get you your sign. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to get in touch with him. And by the way, he was also a town ball player for the Union Hill Bulldogs. Do you guys want to hear my story? About no. The, okay. Um, no, but it, does Kevin is he aware of uh, of our uh, our uh, pocketbooks and how they're uh, empty? Yeah, boys, <laughs> I got a little stung when I uh, I had about eight hundred and fifty GL podcast stickers made up to <laughs> to give away at the fair, only to discover that the fair was prohibiting me giving them away because they they don't want sticky stuff on the lamp poles. The, and so, uh, the best. But we can still give those away if you can find them. I got them. Yeah, I got him. I paid about. I I paid enough that I'm not throwing them away. Uh, the best was the look that the state fair official after the state fair official had told Joe that we couldn't hand those out, and Joe's holding that giant box. I could hear. I could. I barely <laughs> broke my back trying to bring the thing in there. He gives it the look like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'll tell you what. How can we give those away? Uh, I have been mailing them out to people. Our our one issue is our mail room isn't as fully functioning as it normally would be just because there's no one in the building right now. But and even, even though there's been no official word yet, I continue to believe uh, that the fair will not take place. So that would what? keep that out. How come, uh, what the hell are we doing? We've got all these wonderful sponsors. Let's bring, uh, you know, let's bring them up to uh, Spence. Let's bring oh, you them know over what? to the coffee grounds. Good let's point. Bring them to... But- 
to uh, Eric. Uh, uh, yeah, let's spread yeah, them that, around. That's a good point. I should be bringing those to. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I can do that. I can do that. Tim, you can hit Tim and Spence at the same time. Boy, it gives me something to do. Hot damn. <laughs> need a job. I need somewhere to go. I need a job. Uh, I'm trying to reopen my email, and it's not allowing me to, but uh, that's not your problem. Uh, I love a guy who uh, uh, who thinks he needs to provide us this day in Minnesota history, all the way from Mumbai, India, our friend Tom Lyman. And uh, we learned that uh, on this day in 1896, groundbreaking ceremonies were held for the third state Capitol building designed by Cass Gilbert, the one we know, the one we know now, huh? Yeah. There was a big competition between the Capitol building and the cathedral there, wasn't there? Uh, I'll have to go back to Lost Twin Cities and watch that again. It was also on this day in 1965 that we had that outbreak of tornadoes. I guess they were kind of known as the Fridley Tornadoes. Killed 14 people and caused $57 million in damages. I remember those tornadoes well. I guess that was May so, 6, 1965. So that was on the heels of, didn't you guys have massive flooding in 65? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I remember those uh, spring 65 tornadoes very well. They really wreaked havoc from Minnetonka all the way up through Fridley and New Brighton and what have you. They were, they were, they were big ones. They were big ones. Uh, when we come back... Uh, I'm going to solve, no, no, first I'm going to tell you, we were mentioning Grunhoffers. I'm going to bring him, I'm going to bring Spencer some of those GL podcast stickers. Okay. And then I'll bring them out to Tim Bloom up at EcoSports. I'll bring them out to Schmelz. Uh, I don't know, how, where's the Aquaside office? Maybe they need them too. Bring them to Fratelloni's. He'll have Fratelloni's. Yeah, I can you know what? Bring You're going to have to give me a couple of hundred so I can run them over to the coffee grounds in Eau Claire too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats is at the north end of Hugo. If your supermarket is running low of what you desire, uh, Spencer Grunhofer can take care of you. They're right at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it for hamburger patties, sliders, brats, everything in stock, the jerky, the smoked salmon, ham, bacon, steaks, chicken. It's it's really, it's a, it's the meat palace of, of the United States, and we're proud to call it GarageLogic's own meat, meat palace. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats, and uh, give me a few days or whenever I can square it, and pretty soon there'll be a big pile of GL podcast stickers up there you can take. And, and they'll be there for about 24 hours. Yeah, Schoonover, too. You step yeah. into oh, Schoonover yeah. and give, uh, give Nikki You're a probably going to need to order another box. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of now that we started, <laughs> now we started talking about it. There won't be enough. Say, we'll be back shortly. I'm going to solve Kenny's speedometer problem. And here's a man that has to order another box of decals, Joe Souchere. <laughs> Joe, in regards it, to hold Kenny's... Hold on, hold on. We need to hear Kenny tell well, us that's about Kenny's, yeah, the, the grounds. coffee grounds. I got my cigars, by the way, from Oh, Eric. nice. And uh, Eric could not find... You're going to like this, Kenny. Eric could not find what I had requested. <laughs> so he... Perfect health. <laughs> so he... Uh, he put five together that he thought I would enjoy, and he's been absolutely correct. Oh, cool. Yep, yep. Uh, did you get a – do you use a lighter on those cigars, Joe? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a lighter. What about it? I got more than you're one. Like, How do you like that? You're like my uh, 
like in my hometown, old Clarence Elmer, rest in peace, Clarence. He'd start chewing one of those cigars at about 8 a.m. By by noon, it would be down to a little nub, and he'd have wet tobacco oh. all over the front of his shirt. Yeah. Brown yeah, juice leaking out the sides of his mouth. <laughs> Perfect. And if it, if it makes you feel any better, he lived to about 100, so oh, wow. it didn't affect him whatsoever. You heard it, GLers. The coffee grounds in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, absolutely the easiest, safest way to not only stock up on these coffee beans, but order yourself some stogies too. Eric and Julie, they're doing what it takes to keep the business open. And why would you go to the store for beans when all you have to do is log on to coffeegrounds.com and order uh, order some of those GL beans. And, and if you're afraid of the GL beans, let me tell you, their French roast is better than most. Excellent French roast blend uh, from the coffee grounds. If you're driving by... Oh, you gotta stop in. Great restaurant. You can they'll pass it through the window if you want. They also they're gonna sell you some liquor, they're gonna sell you some food, some cigars, and coffee, 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 coffee. The coffeegrounds.com. They're great guys, Eric and Julie. Uh, and they're right just north of 94. So if you're going through Eau Claire, just right take the main exit there on Southtown Drive. You'll find them. All information can be found at thecoffeegrounds.com. And remember, cigars. Joe, in regards to Kenny's speedometer question, I'm Uh-oh. sure your folks over at Schmel's Countryside could have answered this one for you. Almost all speedometers are wrong. The speedometer in my car is a mechanical function. I won't get into the different types of systems, but the bottom line is that the car is counting tire rotations, doing some math, and then offering up a speed number to the driver via the instrument panel. Over time, the tires get smaller due to wear. Think of a pencil eraser. A worn tire will be slightly smaller in circumference than a new tire, thereby changing the number of tire rotations per mile. This is why everyone feels safe to drive a few miles over the speed limit because the police will give you a pass because of that variation. Do you remember when you were taught to check your actual speed by driving at 60 miles per hour and starting a stopwatch when you passed a mile marker on the highway to see if it took exactly one minute to get to the next mile marker? Tell Kenny he can just download a GPS app to his phone and check the speed of anything he is riding in. You know what? Don't don't talk down to me like that. You don't think I haven't done that? Not only have I done that. No, 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 no. I got to defend myself. Uh, Not only have I done that, Such. Uh, but my truck, when it says I'm doing pick a speed, 65 miles per hour, GPS says I'm doing 64. Uh, I Boom. work as I work as an automotive service advisor, and I frequently have customers ask to have their speedometers recalibrated. Most cannot be. When I return to having a commute, I will again appreciate your helping to keep it sane. In the meantime, I am enjoying the show here in lockdown. Loyal listener Lauren. All right. The reason I asked the question is go. because. I have been obsessed with this forever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm getting all these different readings from GPS or even radar signs, which I, I you know don't really trust. And sure enough, I did put bigger tires on, and that's when it happened. That's when my Speedo says 65, and I'm really doing 64. So I understand all that concept. It still doesn't change the fact that I did 38 miles in 30 minutes 
and my speedometer said I was doing 74. No, my, no, no, it said I said I was doing 75, which I know is 74. Rachel writes, my brother told me the secret to ending the stay-at-home order. <laughs> Declare the government non-essential. It would be over by morning. Oh. I know you tend to stay away from the abortion controversy, but I've been confused by this. We are supposed to wear masks and stay at home to keep ourselves and others safe, but the pro-abortion cause has used the mantra of my body, my choice for years. If I went about my life as if nothing had changed and when challenged said my body, my choice, I don't think I would be looked upon favorably. I guess some lives are worth more than others. Since we are all guaranteed by the experts that we will get the virus at some point, it seems the only benefit that is gained by holding on off on contacting is we'll have a better chance of survival if we get seriously ill since every day they are finding out better ways to treat this virus still hunkered down and waiting for common sense to kick in rachel and stacy the gl geologist yes there are emailers that wonder why in god's name don't you people have a gl mathematician stacy the gl <laughs> stacy the gl geologist notes a big one a big one uh near in uh, the Banda Sea near Indonesia, 6.8. Uh, 6.8. Will that, will that be tsunami then? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. How to speak to uh, women during a quarantine. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's for dinner is considered dangerous. Yeah. Safer is to say, can I help you with dinner? The safest is, where would you like delivery from tonight? But to be ultra safe, here, have some wine. <laughs> now, if you're figuring out dinner, you got to remember that. How to speak to women during quarantine. Are you wearing that? That's dangerous. Yeah. Safer. You sure look good and brown. Yeah. Safest. Yeah. Wow, look at you. Ultra safe, here. Have some wine. <laughs> what are you so worked up about? That's dangerous. Oh, that's no go. Yeah, you can't. Safer. Do that. Could we be overreacting? Safest. Ooh, even that. Here's my paycheck. <laughs> Take ultra it. safe. <laughs> ultra safe. Here. Have some more wine. Have some more wine. Along with my paycheck. <laughs> Should you be eating that? That's oh. dangerous. Oh no. Oh. Oh. Safer. You know, there are a lot of apples left. Safest. Oh, Can I get you a piece of chocolate with that? Ultra safe. Here, have some wine. Have some wine. What did you do all day? Oh. That's dangerous. Oh, no, no. Safer. Oh, God. Safer. I hope you didn't overdo it today. Safest. I've always loved you in that robe. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra safe. Here. Have some wine. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ain't that the truth? Well, you, you forgot to include the most dangerous line. How well, much is this going to cost me? Right. Yeah. Well, I got an email from a guy who said, I almost said the me part. And he remembered. Oh. Don't say so, the me part. So Pat saved him. Yeah. Now, the safe, safer, safest, that, that works on guys too, right? I think so. Not, no, I don't think it does. No. No, I, I think it would work on you, Reavers, if uh, if she just gave you a six pack every day. Oh. Said, have at it, 
Have at it, honey. I love you more now than I ever have. <laughs> yes. I think my favorite is, I really love you in that robe. Right. <laughs> Meaning you didn't do squat it's today. It's 5 p.m. and yeah. you're still in Didn't get robe. out of the pajamas, huh, babe? <laughs> <laughs> I wore pants yesterday for the first time. Atta boy. So okay, I'm going to be taking uh, I'm going to be taking GL podcast stickers to Grunhoffers, yep. Schmelz. Uh, then I'll run up to Eco and drop some off with Tim. Now Eco's 90% shut down, but they can still do business over the uh, internets. You can go on their website, EcoFunMotorsports.com. It's a great way to pick out your electric assist bike, scooter, motorcycle. Remember those nifty little scooters? They turn every errand into an adventure, and they'll deliver to you. Uh, that is, if you don't want to go out, you just look online and then give them a call. You can be rung up over the phone. There'll be no or very little paperwork to finish when they deliver the product to your home. Uh, they are continuing to offer GLers preseason sale prices when in lockdown, free delivery in the Twin Cities area. They're proud to be a GL company, and they have the, they love their GL customers. And remember, we're, we're headed for a lot more of this uh, social distancing. Bintelli electric bikes are the ideal way to social distance and get some fresh air. So here's what you do to set up your appointment or get your bike today. Call 612-321-8867. 612-321-8867 to set up an appointment or to order one over the phone. You'll really, really enjoy it. These are great products. They're great people. They're a great service plan. You need service, they'll pick it up, bring it up to Forest Lake, fix it, get it back to you. That's EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake, and they'll be getting a delivery of those GL podcast stickers. So much so, you you're going to need to order more. I might do one your, business uh, uh, per day just to give me more projects. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Although it's stupid I, to I, skip uh, uh, the grunt and Eco got to be the same day because they're so close to each true. other. Yeah. yeah. Did you yes, get Kenny? your addendum? Your addendum. Did you do it? What's my addendum? Oh yeah, I don't know. You said you said you wrote yourself a note to get to an addendum. Oh, I got to it. Did I you? got to it. Yeah, All I right. got to it. I got to it. The addendum was I'm I'm not. I, I want listeners to understand that I my remarks today were not intended to display my cavalier attitudes towards death. That's that's not my that was not my concern. My my concern is the realization that in 50 years since the Hong Kong flu, we have become a different society. And we have become a society completely averse to any risk whatsoever. That's my, and gotcha. there's nothing we can do about this. It's going to go through the lands. Uh, it's going to go through the worlds of the, it's going to go through the countries of the world. And uh, good luck to us all. That's all we can do is wish each other good luck. Unless you want to show me that uh, that guy's barbershop in St. Paul, by him getting the cops closing them, they, they somehow saved a couple lives. I, I find that hard to believe. But people got to do what they got to do. I'm sure Bobby Moeller's tempted to open up the jewelry store, but he's trying to be a good citizen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow's positive Thursday. It's Thank always a, God. Always an impossible task. Are but you we must Schoonover give it. Over makes he makes it so easy. Well, that's true. The, that's true. The most that's positive true. guy I've ever met. Yeah. Yeah. Well, GLers, hang in there. Good luck. And boy, do we need a positive Thursday tomorrow. We'll find something. Yeah, we will. Like Pod MN, that's positive, isn't it? Uh, that's oh, your yeah. home for all of the Garage Logic podcasts, garagelogic.com. And please do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It helps others that might be new to Garage Logic find past episodes. 
and we appreciate each and every one of you that provide feedback. Talk to you tomorrow, brah. Okay, broskies. <laughs>